Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Today on Student of the Word, we're talking about two books, the Book of Works and the Book of Life. We're talking about how that we will be seen in heaven and we will be judged from the Book of Life because we accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, but rewarded from the Book of Works. Sound interesting? You're going to be blessed today. Let's go to the Word of God. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Great to have you here today. And this is uh, the third in a series I'm teaching on two books. And the two books I'm teaching on is number one, the book of works, and then the book of life. Those two compared together, the book of life is where your name is written when you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and your works are recorded in the other book called the book of works. And the beautiful thing about this is your sins aren't recorded there because Jesus died for your sins. In fact, it's your good works that are written there. But the, really the good works that God's talking about there are actually good works of everybody, whether they're good works of sinners or whether they're good works of Christians. Because if your name is not found written in the book of life, then you fall back on the book of works. And that's exactly what everybody does that doesn't believe in Jesus. You talk to most any sinner, and I have to say this is gonna be close to 100%. How do you think you're gonna get into heaven? They say, well, I think my good works a lot way my bad works. And I think I've done more good than I have bad. I certainly think I'm better than a lot of people that I work with and or I are, you know, that I live around and things like that. So what they do is they're saying, I think I'm better than most people. I think, you know, that I haven't run around on my wife. And, and when they get to heaven, they're going to have to fall back on that. Because what they say is, when you try to tell them about Jesus and, the, and uh, being saved, their first reaction is, no, no, no. You know, I think I'll, I think I can do it by myself. Well, then my first answer is then why did Jesus have to come? Why did he have to die if you can do it by yourself? But see, the reason why, if if they start out with this, I'm here and I'm standing for you because I've done good works. And say, haven't we done many good works in your name? And of course, the answer will be to them is depart from me, you work of iniquity, I never knew you. The reason why your works don't stack up is because all your works added up cannot pass God's test. God only has one grade, and that's 100%. And if you give, if you get a 99.999, I mean, you might be the best sinner that ever lived, and you lived every day in morality. You were good to your wife, good to your co-workers, good to your boss, or you were a good boss. We go down the list of things. All that you do could might add up close to 100. But you know what happens if you get a 99.999? You get an F. There is no anything between an A and an F. A is what God is looking for, and only one person has ever made an A on God's test, and that was Jesus Christ. He came to this earth and died, lived for us, and died without sin, never committed a sin. And oh, he obeyed God in every respect, and on top of that, he was born outside the curse on mankind through the virgin birth. That immediately qualifies him as the only redeemer of all mankind. Buddha, Mohammed, uh, Joseph Smith, none of them were born by a virgin. They came into this earth like everybody else, and so they had the fallen nature of man. So they couldn't possibly get into heaven. So what God does is he looks at all that, and then the second thing God does is he goes to the book of life and says, your name is not found here. And that's when they have, they'll be cast into that, that time at the great white throne judgment into the lake of fire forever and forever. So the point of it is though, they come and the first thing they bring up is look at what the good works I have done. But what's the difference between that and a Christian? Because the Christian is literally seen in both books too. But we don't fall back on the book of works. What we fall back on is the fact I accepted Jesus as my savior. And we might know this, if I had no good works to show for it, I'm going to heaven because my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. 
And so when we go to heaven, I mean, if God asks us the question, he won't ask us the question. There's always that thing, what would you tell God if he asked you why he should let you into heaven? You would say, well, because I accepted Jesus as my savior. He said, that's right, come on in. In other words, when we accept Jesus as our savior, Jesus' score of 100 is given to us. And at the moment it's given to us, I get in on his merits. I get in on his, on his passing the test and his grade is given to me. So when I acknowledge Jesus as my savior, I am seen in Christ and therefore his 100 becomes my 100 and I get to go to heaven. But the beauty of it is, is still both, both books are in heaven and he opens up the book of life and guess what? Bobby Andy's name is found there. Well, then what happens is the book of works, since it's only good works, sins are not recorded there. Now these become the basis of my rewards in heaven. Both books are used on my account. With the sinner, they can only fall back on their book of works and God says to them, no, none of this adds up to my 100. And the other part is you're further indicted because your name is found, not found in the book of life. And so you're cast into the lake of fire. And that's what it says in Revelation chapter 20. Those names not found written in the book of life were cast into the lake of fire. And so that's the whole basis of going to heaven or not. But once you go to heaven and your name is found in the book of life, then God can reward you from the book of works. And this is where your good works are rewarded in heaven. So let's come back to it again. This is all found in my book on end times, and that's what we're offering on the broadcast because I go into this and I have an entire chapter on the judgment seat of Christ and how Christians are judged there for their works and then rewarded for their works. And that's why in heaven, no two Christians are the same. I mean, yes, we go to heaven, but we will all shine differently because of our good works and be rewarded for them. And some will receive many rewards, some will receive few rewards. And there's gonna be, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it's people there with no rewards. They just squeaked by, got into heaven, never lived for the Lord, never matured, never became a disciple. And therefore they ended up in heaven, but they had no rewards to show for it. So there's literally all expanse, all the way to those that get to rule and reign with Jesus Christ. And that's the great rewards you get. And you're rewarded for the good deeds you've done in life. So let's talk about today. Let's start off with this. What are good works? And what are bad works? Because the Bible talks about both of them. And there are good works and there are bad works. There's right and wrong uses of works. Works are wrong when they're used by and for the flesh, by a sinner to earn salvation from God and by a believer to earn God's love or to gain the acclaim of people. It's also wrong when it's used by a believer to cover up his sins. And David did this after he committed adultery with Bathsheba. He tried his best to go on being a good king and being kind to people and all that. But you cannot, as a Christian, try to cover up your sins by your good deeds. The only thing that will cover sins and remove them is 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. David did this. When his sins were exposed by Nathan the prophet, David said, I have sinned against the Lord. And immediately the prophet said, your sins are forgiven. Notice that, how quickly that happened. But again, you come back to faith in Jesus, faith in his blood as a sinner to get saved, and faith in his blood as a Christian to come back into fellowship with God. You're already a Christian, but God has rewards for you, but he can't reward you if you're carnal at the moment that you're committing these, these uh, works and doing these works. So again, let me cover that again. Works are wrong when they're used by and for the flesh. First of all, they're wrong by a sinner to earn salvation from God. You cannot be saved by your good works. Next of all, they're wrong by a believer when they try to earn God's love or gain the acclaim of people. And thirdly, it's wrong when a believer tries to use 
his good works to cover up his sins and not confess them, thinking it wasn't that bad if I just go to church more, if I start giving more money. No, what you're building up, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, is building up wood, hay, and stubble. And this is what God is looking at. And simply, those things will be burned up in heaven. You're only rewarded for the good deeds that you've done here in life as a Christian. Works are right and good when used for righteousness. Remember again, works were wrong when they're used by and for the flesh, but works are right and good when they're used for righteousness to win the lost. We're gonna talk about the good works that we can do and that God loves good works and he wants us to have good works if we do it for the right reason. Next of all, as an entrance to witness to the world, we give clothes, we give food and things like that, but understand this is merely a tool that we use so that we can have an entrance and gain entrance into their life so that we can witness to them about Jesus Christ. Works are good or bad because of the motive behind them. There's the whole key right there. Sinners try to use good works to merit heaven. It doesn't work. Christians also sometimes try to do good works when they're out of fellowship with God, again, to try to win back the approval of God when God looks at only one thing. Do you stand clean before me by the blood of Jesus Christ? You were saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, but as a Christian, you also come back into fellowship. When we confess our sins, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So again, works are good or bad because of the motive behind them. God's works are used in the word of God to reach the lost. This is the number one reason why God did good works and wants us as Christians to produce good works because the world can see those good deeds in us, those good works in us, and on top of that, we keep maintaining them. The world can do some good things for a while, but they have no strength to keep on going. Only a believer indwelled by the Holy Spirit of God and understanding the word of God can really reach out and continue in good works. In Hebrews chapter one and verse 10, we find out creation is God's works and those good works are used to reach the lost. Hebrews 1.10, Lord, in the beginning, you have laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the works of your hands. Listen, there's people saying today, well, works are wrong, works are wrong. In certain cases, you are correct. But according to the word of God, there are good works and good works started with God. Long before man was here, long before angels were here, God did good works and he laid in the foundation of the earth and did all the heavens and made them by the works of his hands. You say, well, how, what's that have to do with witnessing? Romans 1.20 tells us the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen and being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they, that is unbelievers, are without excuse. Well, I didn't want a Bible. I didn't have a Bible. How was I supposed to get saved? Well, what about people in foreign countries that don't have Bibles? How about those in tribes somewhere that don't have a Bible? What are they supposed to do? Well, Romans 1.20 says it again, the invisible things of the creation of the world are clearly seen. What invisible things? God's righteousness, God's mercy, God's grace, and God's judgment against those who don't accept his grace. Those things are clearly seen in the heavens around us. It says they are clearly understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. When they stand before the great white throne judgment, they will be without excuse because they can say, a missionary never came to see me. I never had a Bible open in front of me. And God said, the heavens were opened unto you. The earth was opened unto you. All of creation teaches about there's a God and about his eternal power and Godhead. It's been recorded recently because of the pictures the Hubble telescope has brought back. Science is saying it's 
it's impossible for this to suddenly have just suddenly come into being on its own. There's no such thing as evolution. They're coming to that. They just won't let it out, but they're publishing it. They said this thing is too immense. It's too large. It's too perfect. Everything where, and every star is different. Every planet is different. And there are billions upon trillions of them out there. And no two are exactly the same. Oh, the imagination of God. And he did all this as his works. And we're told in Romans chapter one, the reason why God did this was to, for the sinner to see his eternal power and Godhead, his mercy and his grace. Signs and wonders are called works and should be used to win the loss. God did these and it's called the works of his hands. We can also have the works of our hands and with the same motive, and that's to see people become born again. Again, what I'm offering on the program is my book on end times, and this talks about the days we're living in, but also has a lot to say about the judgment seat of Christ for us as Christians. I know you're going to want a copy, and the announcer's going to come on and tell you how you can have a copy. See you right after halftime. Understanding the end times, one of the most incredible and fascinating doctrines in the Word of God, will bring us comfort for the days in which we live. The Bible says we are to encourage and exhort one another with the knowledge of Jesus returning for his saints. In Understanding the End Times, Pastor Bob Yandian provides a thorough and exciting study to give you more revelation of these times in which we live. Topics include the seven dispensations, the dispensation of the mystery, the rapture of the church, the judgment seat of Christ, Daniel's 70 weeks, the Temple Discourse, The Tribulation, The Second Coming, The Millennial Reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. To order Understanding the End Times, visit bobyandian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words but the definitions are simple. Using straightforward vocabulary and down-to-earth examples, Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Whenever we as Christians are witnessing to somebody and we're talking to them about Jesus Christ, that is witnessing. 
and that is letting them know about it. That becomes an audible witness. In other words, they can hear the words we're saying. But there's also those things that we do with our hands, and that is the works that we do. And that becomes a form of letting a person see our works. They can hear our works. They can see our works. They can hear about Jesus. They can see about Jesus in us because they watch what we do. And so the main use of good works in this earth is to win the lost. And God did it. We showed you from the scriptures how that God created the universe and the hidden things of God are made visible by his works out there that he has done. We as Christians need to understand that. And yes, I understand it. And again, I've brought this up is that there are people, the first thing you mention when works, they say, oh, no, 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 God doesn't like works. There are types he does work, but he doesn't like those that are backed by our flesh and our lusts and other things like that. And we're doing it to contradict the word of God, thinking, well, as I as a sinner, I can work and go to heaven. No, you can't. I as a Christian can work and God can overlook it because if I go to church more and do good works, no, no, none of that works. It's the blood of Jesus Christ in both cases. A lot of blood to get salvation, but just a small amount when we come and confess our sins before the Lord. So let's take a look at some verses of scripture dealing with that. Again, signs and wonders are called works and then should be used to win the loss. Not only did God produce signs and wonders in the heaven, but has given us the power through the Holy Spirit to produce signs and wonders uh, in our own life as Christians. And the purpose of signs and wonders is not just to get another Christian healed in church, although that can happen, not just to get us or our family healed, although that can happen. The main use of signs and wonders is to win the lost, where they actually see God in demonstration in front of them. This was proven in Jesus' ministry and also transitioned to us in the book of Acts. John chapter nine and verse four says, this. Jesus said, I must work the works of him who sent me. Notice here's Jesus talking about he's going to do works, but they're proper works. And they're the works of God the Father to cause people to be healed, set free, delivered from demons. He said, I'm doing that because I'm working the works of him who sent me. You see, he did things in the natural we couldn't do. We can't heal any sickness or disease. And a doctor will even admit he can't heal sickness and disease. He can only work with nature. A doctor must understand and does understand if they're truthful that they have studied nature and found out how nature works and then they look at the body and usually sickness is somehow a deficiency in some area and so the medicines they give replace that deficiency and then health can come back but they cannot heal anyone only God can heal in fact he's called the great healer in the old testament and one of his names Jehovah Rapha, I am the Lord who heals you. John 9, 4, Jesus said again, I must work the works of him who sent me. In John chapter 14 and verse 12, Jesus said, the works that I do, you will do also. Notice this, he's passing on his works to us. What's part of the great commission? Go into all the world, preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, cast out devils. These are the works that we do. He says, in greater works shall you do than I do. Why can we do greater works than Jesus? This is not quality of works. This is quantity of works. Jesus was only here and operated under this anointing for three years. But you know what? We as believers have gone on since that time and we can see greater numbers because we live longer than Jesus physically did on this earth. Ministering to people's needs is called works and should be used primarily to win the lost. Yes, and I think what's so sad sometimes is there was a, there was a service 
survey that came out here just a few months ago. I read it. I was shocked at this. And they said they did a they did a, a scouring and they did a, a you know registering of Christians. And they took months to get this. And they took many, many, many hundreds of thousands of Christians in churches. And they did a poll and they found out that uh, in the past ten years, ninety percent of all Christians led zero people to the Lord. And they think the reason they are there is to come to church. That's part of it. They think the reason that is to study the Word of God. That's part of it. But there's a reason to studying the Word of God. There's a reason to coming to church, and that's to help us go out and win the lost. And that's the whole point of it is we need to become disciples of the Lord. A believer gets to go to heaven, but a disciple gets to take other people with him. That's the whole point of why God left us here, to win the lost, go into all the world and preach the gospel. So again, ministering to people's needs is called works. And we don't just speak the gospel. We actually help them. We, they, they're low on money. We give them finances. Uh, if they need uh, food or clothing, we give that to them. But we do it as a way to wedge a door open to present them with Jesus Christ, who can now give them the clothes of righteousness, who can now give them the food of his word, and can, they can begin to grow and mature in it. So ministering to people's needs is called works and should be used primarily to win the lost. In James chapter 2 verses 14 through 16, we are told that giving food and clothing is a way of winning a person to the Lord. Jesus did good works and he gave to the poor. John 13, 29, it says some thought he would give to the poor. That's some of his disciples. Whenever that the, when Judas ran out of that meal and took the money bag with him, the first thing they said to each other was, well, he's gone to give to the poor. Apparently, they did it so often that they didn't even detect something was wrong with Judas because he really ran away to betray Jesus. And so they said they thought he would give money to the poor. So Paul did good works and he gave to the poor. Galatians chapter two and verse 10 says, he was at a meeting and when he left, they only asked us to do one thing, remember the poor. And Paul said, of which I was eager to do. Why do we remember the poor? Because the poor often are the ones that are more open to the gospel because those with money often depend on their money, but a person who is poor is usually quicker to turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, I'm speaking in generalities. There's no specific scripture on this, but it seems like whenever revival hits in foreign countries, it's usually out there where people are not that rich. And it happens even in our own country. The revival of the 1940s was mainly rural and didn't happen so much within the cities. But again, it comes back to it. Galatians 2.10, Paul said, they ask us to remember the poor of which I was eager to do. The greatest use of giving money is to win the loss, not just to purchase things for yourself. I realize prosperity is wonderful. I believe in prosperity, but the highest use of prosperity is to give to those that are spreading the gospel. First Timothy chapter six and verse 18, it says that they, that is the rich people, do good, be rich in good works. Here it is again, good works. God wants us to have good works backed by the Holy Spirit, backed by compassion and love for those that need Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, even to the detriment of yourself that you would pull them out of your pocket and give it to them to be a blessing to them to know that could open up a door to receive Jesus. Say, yeah, but I've given mine to people about talked about Jesus and helped them for the moment. I never saw them again. Well, that's good. Maybe you'll still meet them in heaven because they might've turned away from you, thought, sucker, we got money out of your pocket. And later on, the conviction of God came on them. And they thought that guy was really trying to be good to me. He was different than most people 
people I've met, and they end up accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior and wish their entire life they could find you somewhere to tell you, but you know what? You'll get to see them in heaven. So again, 1 Timothy 6.18, that they, that is rich people, do good. Be rich in good works, ready to distribute, and ready to communicate. The Great Commission is both words and good works. They're combined together. Again, what I'm talking to you about is there's such a thing in the Christian life as good works. Good works are important because you know what? When we witness to people, there's often sinners that say this, I would rather see a testimony than hear one. And often people have said, you know what won me over? It wasn't just the words that they said. It was their lifestyle in front of me. They lived what they believed. And they lived it day after day, week after week, month after month, and year after year. No one can be that consistent without something being on the inside of them. And the beauty of it is, it is. It's the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I not only witness to you with words, but I witness to you in deeds. My actions, my lifestyle, my morality, those different things that come from the inside of me, and the fact that they remain consistent day after day is one of the greatest witnessing tools you have. So the Great Commission is words and good works. The Lord working with them, Mark chapter 16 and verse 20, confirming the word with signs following. So notice this, the works that Jesus did, he gave to us, he went to heaven, then he came back by the power of the Holy Spirit, through the power of the Holy Spirit, and the Lord was working with them, confirming the word with signs following. What are forms of work? Witnessing, preaching the gospel, that's good works. Healing the sick, laying hands on the sick, part of the Great Commission, this is good works. Casting out devils, these are good works. Getting believers filled with the Holy Spirit is also good works because a believer getting filled with the Holy Spirit, the entire reason the Holy Spirit was given is first of all, so that we can win the lost. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be my witnesses. And finally, working miracles, all of these things are call works. Jesus did them. The early disciples did them. We can do them today because you know what? Peter said on the day of Pentecost, what you see out here that's happening is not only for us, it's for our children, it's for our children's children, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Jesus used his good works to win people to the Lord. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 21 says this, then he, that's Jesus, began to upbraid the cities. This means he scolded them, got onto them. He upbraided the cities in which most of his mighty works were done. Notice this, these weren't works, these were mighty works greater than the average work Jesus did by multiplying food things. This is raising the dead. These are huge things he did. And he began to upbraid, chew out the cities in which most of his mighty works were done. Why? Because they did not repent. Notice this, what was his mighty works there to do? to cause the people to repent, to accept him as Lord and Savior. There's the purpose. God's main purpose is not to heal your legs so you can walk again. His whole idea is to heal your legs so you can walk, so you can go give the gospel to other people. When Peter's mother-in-law was healed, they said right there, she rose up and began to minister to them. There's the purpose of good works. Why lay hands on somebody to be healed when they're just gonna use it and not spread the gospel? No, God's saying, here's the purpose of mighty 
works is so that you can go out and witness to other people and receive those good works from me. And so again, he said they did not repent because uh, again, they did not believe in Jesus or his mighty works that he had done. John chapter 10 and verse 25 says, the works that I do in my father's name, they bear witness of me. Notice again, they're witnessing tools. John 14, 11, believe in me for the very works sake. So not only was there preaching, there was also demonstration of signs and wonders called the works of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so here's the beauty of it. All these works I'm talking about, you believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior, you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you start witnessing to people, you use your money to help spread the gospel, to send missionaries out, you use the things you have, clothing, whatever you can do, you bless other people with it for one purpose, and that's to get them, again, eventually to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Then when we get to heaven, those works will be the basis of our rewards in time and eternity. That's the book of works. We'll talk about this more next time. I will see you then. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. Join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.